Welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Rick McClatchy, staff pastor at Mana House Church in Portland, Oregon, our good old Rocky Butte campus. Shout out to my Rocky Butte people. Heyo. And uh, we're going to jump into part two of a conversation that we started with Cale Courtright. He is a pastor of spiritual formation at Crosspoint Church down in Dallas, Texas, and also the host of the podcast called How to Christian. I encourage you to go check that out as soon as you have a chance. It is definitely worth a listen. And so here we go into part two as we talk about the value of the Word of God, both individually and in small groups. Enjoy. I think actually spending time in the Word individually, as long as we don't allow ourselves to be like completely you know, duped by our individualistic culture that we live in should actually stir us to more frequently be just speaking about the word of God with one another to where it's not necessarily that we scheduled time to get together and talk about the Bible, but that the Bible has become such a part of the fabric of our being that it, it, it becomes the framework that we see all of life through. I mean, think of it. Imagine that. It's kind of what you're talking about with, you know, garbage in, garbage out, good stuff in, good stuff out. What are we, what are we putting in us? Um, Well, you talk about what you know, and you talk about what you're passionate about. And so typically you will quickly know, you know, there's people, there's friends that you get together with and you're like, all right, well, did you see, you know, the thing that was trending on Twitter and, you know, and it's like, okay, but what if our conversations change just because of how we were seizing our own lives? Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about a lot of times it's not for you, but it's for someone in your group. It's for one of your friends that you're helping them grow in their relationship with God and their understanding of scripture. I grew up in church and I definitely had some good people in my life that, uh, that poured into my life. Uh, but one area that was lacking, um, I didn't even know it was lacking, but it was, really understanding biblical framework and how, how the 66 books in the Bible even fit together. And so because I didn't have that understanding, I actually had very little motor for the word of God because it just didn't make any sense to me. And then I went, I went to Bible college because like the Lord twisted my arm, you know, and was like, get over there. And and so, and and I sat through a, a New Testament survey class and I sat through an Old Testament survey class. And oh my gosh, just those freshman classes, you know, pretty simple, just began to cause my brain to light up all over the place with, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense now. I, I actually get what its original meaning was. And now I think I can actually apply it to my life in a way that is honest and real. And that's when the Holy Spirit, man, really begins to breathe on stuff in your life. And, and, and so I found that just understanding how the Bible is put together, how it fits together and what it actually means and what, you know, what is the meta narrative of, of scripture actually was one of the things that really got me over the hump from like being a, a lazy, sloppy Bible reader consumer to to a genuine like student of the word. And so, um, so it's like, if you've had any of that deposited in your life to be able to take some of that and give it to someone else, 
begin like wherever you are in your journey with the word of God to share that with someone else and help them begin to understand the deep treasures of the word of God that they might begin to get a hunger for it as well. Uh, John Bevere actually, uh, he, he talks about it in the context of some other stuff, but he's like, you should never pray for more hunger for God. He goes, because he goes, that's not the way hunger works. You don't just like receive hunger. He said, you hunger for the thing that you feed yourself, um, the diet that you're on. He goes, there was a time in my life where if you offered me this delicious grilled salmon, you know, dinner or a Big Mac, he's like, I would have picked the Big Mac three times a day over the option of this deliciously prepared grilled salmon. He said, but then one day I realized this isn't, this isn't the direction I need to be going. And he began to make some other decisions and change the way he ate. And he said, today you offer me the same option. He's like, man, the other one makes me sick now. And I would pick the salmon any day, you know, over that. And I think that's a pretty powerful picture, you know, obviously knowing the kind of destructive components of having a fast food diet and the uh, the health of, uh, you know, seafood and vegetables and, you know, yada, 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 right? So um, is what a powerful picture that is for our spiritual diet, that what we choose to feed ourselves will be the thing that we actually then hunger for and the role that we can play in helping salt someone else's oats in a sense, like, uh, that we would season things in their life to give them a little taste of what, like, look what happens when you, when the word of God comes and shows up in a situation and the Holy spirit breathes life into something like a couple months into my small group, this guy pulls me aside and he's like, man, I have read more of the Bible in the last four months than in the rest of my life combined. Um, thank you so much for just giving me a taste. And I'm like, guys, that's what we're here for. You know, like that's part of this process, right? Yeah. I have a similar story uh, to you of just, you know, knowing that I should be in the word. And I think, you know, I talked about this in my podcast talking about prayer, but I think sometimes for, for the, some of us that grew up in church, sometimes daily Bible reading also led us to a place of guilt because it was really just about like more, I, I need to do more of it. And I, it doesn't necessarily, the, the questions sometimes were not like, you know, what stuck out to you or how is your life changing because of this or what spoke to you, but it's just like, how much did you do? And, may, and I grew up at a, at a great church. I'm not saying that's what they asked, but that's kind of what I, how I interpreted it is that I needed to, to be in this more. And so it became a place of guilt a lot of times of just that I'm not spending enough time in God's word. But I remember the more that I learned about it, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying you need to go to seminary to do this, but you sometimes just need other people that are ahead of you that, that have learned things that you haven't yet learned that can help you help open up God's word for you. Because when you do learn more about it and, and how these books fit together and um, the power um, that that has that you go like when you just like with anything when you start to understand it more you go oh now i get it now i want to spend more time and now i can um now i want to do this and so i think i love i love that example you gave about hunger of just that 
the, the things that you feed yourself with is just kind of like a, a cycle that you want to get off the, the cycle you've been on and you want to get on this one and uh, you want to start going to the right restaurant, maybe, so to speak. Um, you know, Rick, I know you've talked about this in a couple different places, but for either for your new listeners or for my listeners, would you just give a brief, the, the framework you've talked about for studying the word you can, I, the way I've heard it is I think you could do it maybe individually, but also definitely communally, the, the what framework. I'll yeah. Call it. So, um, the way that I framed it in on one of my, uh, podcast episodes was, uh, how to lead a good small group discussion. Um, but it really has, it has more applications than that though. That's a, a solid place to start. Um, and so that's simply what, so what, and then now what, and, um, so what is simply to go to the text and say, what, what in the world is the text saying to me? And that's the, the beginning of the process of, you know, context and proper interpretation so that we don't, you know, just take a verse out of the Bible and go, oh, um, the, the people from the Bible Project, they're actually up here in Portland. Uh, I was listening to a podcast of theirs recently, and they were talking about uh, scripture, you know, that we like to pull out of context sometimes that is like, hey, um, you know, it's not good for uh, a man to, uh, you know, have sexual relations with a woman. <laughs> and well, it turns out in that context, he's actually quoting somebody else. And so it's not like that's what he was saying, because, you know, then you can go, you can go down a crazy wrong path if you have a misunderstanding of the context in which the statement was made. So that's why it's super important that you start with what, and that you have a healthy understanding of how to properly read scripture. And there's the good thing about the day and age that we live in is there's just so many tools available. There's actually a really cool one. I hate to sound like I'm promoting, but one of my podcasts, I actually had one of our Bible college professors on talking about tools for Bible study and all of the ones that he lists are free. So just go, it's probably about episode, like, I don't know, 63 or something like that. Um, so just go check I'll that link out. It. I'll link it for those yeah. that are listening off my feed. That it's way a, you guys it's can, a powerful, it's a powerful way to get started without having to dole out a bunch of money. Um, go to, go to Bible college or seminary. Um, it, it's a simple way that you can get a lot of background and just a really good study Bible is a really good start as well. Um, so Tons of, tons of great opportunities there to get started in understanding the what. Then moving specifically in a community setting, the, the, uh, the so what um, is a really interesting question to ask. Like, why, why does what we just read matter to me? So now I am moving it from what the word says to how does that impact me and kind of sitting in that for a minute and understanding the why, the why I should respond before moving to the um, how I should respond. And so um, sometimes we skip from what to now what, and but people haven't bought in to why they should be interested in this change because we didn't stop and go, so, so what? You know, like, so what? Why does that matter to me? Why should I be concerned about this? Well, let me let me tell you, you know, and um, the episode where we talked about it, I, I was talking out of Luke 15 from the 
the story of the lost son or the prodigal son and just understanding like so many of the things that it reveals to us about father God. And then if you just you don't leave it in the story, but bring it from the story into your own life and think how God has revealed himself as your father. And so the way that he loved the prodigal son is, is the way that he loves you. And, you know, like, or maybe you're the older brother and you need to see that conversation that happened between the father and the older brother and, and how the older brother is being like, man, I've done everything you ever wanted me to do. And you ain't done nothing for me. You know, like you never, you never killed the fatted calf for me. And, and the dad's just looking at him like, I've been here with you all this time. And it's such a powerful statement in there. He says, all that I have is yours. And I think, oh my gosh, like that gives me goosebumps when I, like, wow, that, that was God, that was the father's response to the older brother. Like, shake yourself up out of this, man. It's not about you. It's not about what you can get. It's, it's about us. It's about us being in relationship with each other. And all I have is yours. Like, is, it's like C.S. Lewis says, you know, we don't even know the glory that God wants to bring us into. And so we're like the kid that's happy to play in a little mud pit making mud pies, passing up on the vacation to the beach house on the white sandy beaches because he just doesn't even know. Like he doesn't even know the white sandy beach exists. So he says no to the glory that is being offered to him. The parents want to take him away for this weekend trip to this beautiful beach house. He's like, nope, I'm good in my little mud pit because he can't even, he can't even fathom the glory that the father wants to pull him into. So, um, so what, what is scripture saying? So what, why does that mean anything to me? And then now what, because boy, we better, we better come to scripture with a humble heart and attitude that wants to apply the truth to our lives. Otherwise, I don't know. The scriptures are scary when it comes to hearing the word of God and not doing it, building your life on sand. When the storms come, you will not stand the, the test of that storm you will fall because you are not secure. You will, and, and the other stuff that scares me is the self-deception. You'll think you're way better off than you are because you'll know a lot, but you're not applying it. You're not doing it. And so guess what? You're not living in the life that you think you know all about. Man, you were preaching right there. That was, that was awesome. I, I love that framework that you've lined out. The what, so what, now what? and I can see I can see a lot of people who who go to their Bible and they don't they don't know how to study it maybe and I look I'm not an expert I, I sometimes wonder that for myself and they go this too. is just it's such a simple um, I don't mean easy and I don't mean you know unimportant I mean but a simple it's simple to understand to say okay I'm gonna go to scripture I'm gonna I'm going to ask what what does this mean and as, as Rick said, we'll link some tools for you to use. And then to ask the question, so what? And then now what? You know, that's how I kind of kicked this podcast off. I'm like, this is what the whole thing is. It's just like, what are you going to do about it? It's not, this isn't just for entertainment, but this is for formation. The book is for your own formation. It's, it's telling you, revealing who God is, telling you something about him, but that, that way you can put, do something with your life. You can change your life that you can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, follow him in a way that impacts those around you to, to give him glory, to love your neighbor as yourself, but it is to put into practice. Because 
like you, I don't want to be like that person who's building on, <clears throat> who's building on the sand. I don't want to be that, that, that person. I want to be the person who's building my life on the rock, on the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. And so I think this is a great um, idea for us to think about. It's just now what? You know, because I was reading today in numbers and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of that. I just, you know, you just kind of, you know, gloss over. Gloss, that's exactly. <laughs> you kind of like your eyes kind of crossed. You just let me just get through this, but like it's in there for a reason. Yeah. And so I mean, what would it change if I went and said, okay, I'm going to do a little work here to understand the what, uh, to understand the what a little better. And then when I ask these other two questions, because a lot of times that's where I stop, if I'm being honest, is I, you know, because I have a, have some kind of background. It's like, I, I'm just here to understand. But, you know, the power comes when you ask these, these two other questions. The so what and yeah. now what? Of just how is this really, how am I actually going to change my life because of this? And I've been really, you know, because I've been reading numbers for a little bit now. And I've been, you know, if I'm being honest, been struggling with it. And what does this really matter? But I mean, but it's there for a reason. And mm -hmm. so it might take a little bit of work to, and I'll be honest, maybe it's because I've been reading it alone, but maybe if I was reading it in community, it might, it might bring, uh, bring life to it to, to say, you know, what does God want me to know? How does my life need to change? Because I've been, you know, reading this passage, you know, what's he revealing to me through this scripture? Yeah, I think sometimes we can get in those things where it's like talking about all these crazy sacrifices that they had to make and how they had to cut that animal apart. And and we can go like boring, like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think if you stop and just think about that one thing, like think about that priest and the work he had to do on a daily basis, man, all of the blood and mess and smell. And, and you go, wow, that's disgusting, Rick. Yeah, I know. It's disgusting. And you know what it's painting a picture of in our lives is sin. The disgusting mess that sin wreaks in our lives if we let it. And then, you know, it's a shadow of what Jesus has done for us. Like, look at what Jesus has delivered us from. Look at the price that he paid. And, and so I think like, that's to me, you know, that's kind of the stuff that got kind of started showing in my life once I took Old Testament survey and New Testament survey and started to understand like, Jesus is in every book of the Bible, like, everything is about him points to him, um, you know, reveals him. And as you begin to understand that, then, then, you know, some of those crazy passages are just like, okay, uh, wow, uh, man, Jesus, thank you for, thank you for delivering me from that mess. And uh, man, you know, like I need to sit, I need to sit in that mess for a minute and process yeah, or you it. Even, yeah, you even just think about like the cost of sin then of just oh. like, we just read it like, all right, just go take this animal to be sacrificed. You're like, okay, I got to go get an animal. And that was something that maybe I could have used. I could have sold it. I could have eaten it. I could have used it for my family, but now I have to sacrifice it. And so, you know, thanks be to God that we don't do that anymore, but that we, you know, sometimes it can it, like reading back through Leviticus, I will say was like, made me think like, Oh man, I need to count the cost of my sin more than I do. And I, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying like, you know, 
yeah, embrace the the grace and the forgiveness that that God has given you. But but because of that, we might take it a little bit not serious enough. And so, and that was something that also that like it you know led me to think like, man, they have to. There is a there is a a cost to this that I don't typically feel. Right. Yeah. And I, I just think, um, and that's too, I, uh, I think you said it was Eric on your podcast when you were talking about that concept is uh, sometimes we, we get so ingrained in the, the quantity, you know, the quantity time in the word of God that sometimes I think we actually miss, we skip over the quality moments uh, because we're performance oriented. And so I feel bad if I only read three verses today. Um, and, and so I keep reading because I have to read three chapters in order to hit my target. And so we skip over something that if we took some time to think it through and to process it and to kind of sit in it, um, we might have gotten more benefit out of that, those three verses than out of the six chapters that we read because we were trying to make up for yesterday because we missed yesterday's three chapters. Anybody else here? Yeah. Okay. I see that hand too. No. Um, so I, I think that um, continually putting the relationship with God, the relationship framework over all of these spiritual disciplines that we talk about, because in America, I know that it's very easy for it to turn into performance and then, and then we screw everything up because we, we have the wrong approach and it, it's all about performance and production, you know, and that's the key word I was thinking. We got to be able to measure it. We got to be able to yep. see it. And hey, and I'm there. I, I, I like measuring things. I like being productive, but that's not the number one thing we should be going towards. Absolutely. And, and I think if we just continue to try to put it back in the right perspective, the right framework, then we will have, you know, we'll be able to maintain the right heart attitude and be able to gain everything that the Lord wants us to gain in that process. And, um, and yeah, you'll, I, I always say, uh, one of the, one of the benefits of being a part of a small group is being able to get to know God better. And you hit it well, when you were talking about how your, uh, your perspective in life is, is limited because you grew up in this area and you, you know, you were one of three boys, you have three boys, so like boy, 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 you know, like, but but then you, you like, say you're in community with a guy like me that, you know, it's got four daughters and it's like princess town all over the place all the time. And so we're going to come at life with a little bit of a different um, angle. Like I'm probably reading scripture with a totally different lens on than you are. Cause you're thinking like street fighter and mortal Kombat, And I'm thinking, you know, um, little, little pretty princess uh, tea party, you know? And, and so our, so you help me by bringing some balance and, and stuff to, to the perspective I'm reading through. And then I'm helping bring balance to your perspective. And, um, and it's like, God is this multifaceted diamond and we're all standing at different angles and we're, we're seeing unbelievable beauty. Like I can't even hardly explain to you how beautiful he is. And you're like, but wait a second, come over here and check out this side. Cause you think that's good. Oh my gosh, see what I'm seeing. And, and we get to bring honor and glory to God's name together because we see different facets of our incredibly gracious, unbelievable, 
forgiving, loving God, you know, and, uh, and I think that's part of why the community piece in scripture is so important because we get to see all those different angles. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, and that's the thing of just that I, this, what I've experienced this, and this is what I want for other people is that I've, you know, you've put great language on it for me today, but that's, you know, you've hit the nail on the head of what I've experienced before. That's what I want for other people is that I know it's a weird time that our small groups look different than they, than they have in the past that uh, we're missing some things, but that there is such power in being with other people. So Rick, thanks for helping articulate that for me today and sharing your experience and um, you know, how, how it's changed your life. And so I hope as people have heard this, that they um, will be moved to, to some kind of to action to understand that the need that they have and what probably what they're feeling right now because they're missing is they're missing other people and, and the love that, that God is pouring through other people into their life and that how they need that. And so, you know, when this mess is all behind us, that we won't take it for granted, but that we will um, go back into these spaces with open arms uh, in a way that we didn't before. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And, and some, there's something really powerful about even declaring to other people, the work that God is doing in your life um, that kind of holds you accountable to the thing that God's doing in your life and helps remind you of the thing that God's doing in your life. It actually helps it um, be more solidified in your heart and your mind. Like, man, um, God spoke this word to me while I was reading scripture this morning. And I just wanted to share with you what I got out of that. Well, you know what? Like, you're going to remember that more. You're going to, now you have somebody that can keep you accountable to that, that you shared. And so um, even just the fact, like, never mind what it even does for them when you shared it with them, though, it could have pulled them out of a miry pit that they were stuck in as well. But it helps remind you what God is doing in your heart and helps you remember how good he is to you, how faithful he is to you. And like you said, like your anxiety goes down, your fear goes down, your worry, you know, it all goes down because our heart is turned more focused on God and what he's doing. And so, um, man, I so agree with you that God is doing something significant in this time, um, helping us, you know, taking away things that we have loved so that we can turn our focus on things that we have maybe neglected. Okay. We have neglected, you know, and, but that are so vital um, because he knows what's best for us. You know, it's like the parent that says, Hey, you know, go, you've been going a little hard on the Coca-Cola. So we're going to take the Coca-Cola away from you and you're going to learn the value of water (laughs) or whatever, you know? And, um, I didn't think through that example before I used it. So um, don't criticize. Uh, Happens to me all the time. (laughs) And uh, so just as a parent, you know, sometimes you have to take things away from your kids so that they can be course adjusted and be headed more in the right direction. And I I really believe that's, you know, part of what God's doing in the church is helping us to course adjust and be more well balanced in our community approach. And so man, join with us and let's, let's do this. Let's help people grow and walk in community together because it's what, I mean, you'll, once you experience it, you'll never, you'll never want to go back. Yeah. That's something that, that Rick talks a lot about in his podcast. Rick, just as we close here, will you just tell us again about your podcast and where to find you? Yeah. So, uh, the, it's called growing faith and we are a, a podcast. We focus mostly on small groups and pastoral care, uh, just in the context of the local church. 
And I, I like to say we, we're just trying to equip the average Joe in the church um, for the work of the ministry. We believe everybody is called, has a purpose in the body of Christ to do a work. And so we want to make sure that that person, that average Joe that just has a full-time job, does their thing, taking care of their kids, whatever, is equipped to do the work that God has called them to do day in and day out. Um, and so that's, that's my heart. That's, you know, what I hope bleeds out, you know, as people listen to the podcast and you can find it in the Apple podcast store um, and also the Google uh, podcast store. I haven't figured out the Spotify thing. One of these days I'll show up on Spotify. Um, and then um, we also, uh, the, the service we use for hosting is called Podbean. So if anybody has the Podbean app, you can uh, also search it up on Podbean and there we are. So yeah. like and subscribe and rate and all that fun stuff. Yeah, do that for him. It's great. I uh, haven't listened to all of them. He's at episode about 80 or so. So give me some time on that, but check that out. And uh, this, if, if you're listening on my feed or if you're, if you're not listening on my feed, I should say that I'm, I'm the host of the How to Christian podcast and I'm way new at this compared to Rick. So you're, you're like 10 times ahead of me, but just trying to help people put their faith in everyday practice. And so uh, we, I feel like we have similar goals, similar visions for what we're trying to, yeah, it's to help a, people do. I definitely uh, wholeheartedly recommend the, the How to Christian podcast is definitely worth your time. Check it out and uh, do the same there. Like and share and comment and rate the podcast. And it just helps more people get to hear about it. And, and that's cool because I know the time that we've spent together in this whole journey is just, it's our hearts beat the same. We want to see people love Jesus and tell other people about him. You know, we talked about it at the beginning, like Jesus has done so much for us. Let our lives reflect just a, just a little bit of what he has done for us. And I think it'll change the world. Yeah. Thank you for that, Rick. Thanks for your time, for sharing today and uh man blessings to your ministry and hope just that god will continue to be glorified through all the work that you're doing awesome same to you god bless you yes.